I'm glad you're with me. This election is about turning over more control to government, especially when it comes to the economy. And some people like the idea, others don't. But I got to say, given the track record, I don't know why anyone's comfortable with that idea. I'll talk about more, that, uh, more about that in a moment. Plus, Michael Levy is going to join me in a moment to talk about why raising taxes on the banks and other financial institutions is going to cost you money, not them. Plus, the trend letters Martin Straith says he's going to drop by to share his favorite stocks right now. Plus, Aussie on the secret real estate report that is upsetting. Well, upsetting just about everyone who's seen it. Plus, a goofy and a shocking stat. But first, over the past couple of weeks and watching our retreat from Afghanistan and watching as well the retreat of the Americans, which every expert, with the exception of paid partisans, has called a debacle, a calamity, a disgrace. Well, I've been thinking about those politicians calling for more government control and intervention in the economy. I find it astounding to see people not phased a bit by the profound incompetence on display and instead say, hey, give me more of it. I mean, we truly do get the government we deserve. Afghanistan, though, is just the latest illustration of government performance. Now, look, I appreciate that most Canadians approve of the government's handling of COVID-19, but I suspect that the dominant factor in forming their opinion is, well, they got a check in the mail from the government. You're going to have to forgive me, but I can't get past that, as the Auditor General pointed out, Public Health Canada actually failed to update their pandemic preparation plan in 2019. I mean, that was their job, and they didn't do it. Well, I can't give that a passing grade not with 28,000 people dying. The result, though, was that the government and the country was totally unprepared. There was no border policy. There was no vaccine plan. There was no cost-benefit analysis on the impact of locking down the economy. It was all fly by the seat of our pants, which resulted in mistakes that cost lives, wasted billions of dollars. By the way, money that our children and their children are on the hook for. But even something as straightforward as ordering personal protective equipment like masks was botched. That started with the shocking revelation that Public Health Canada actually destroyed 8.9 million pieces of personal protective equipment, including masks, gloves, and medical gowns, just months before the pandemic, because the government agency didn't want to pay for storage. I mean, the problem was compounded by the fact that the government shipped hundreds of thousands of pieces of personal protective equipment to China in mid-February. That's three weeks after the first Canadian COVID case was confirmed on January 25th. And then to top it off, the government took six weeks to order new personal protective equipment after that first case was identified. With no vaccine plan in place, the government took the highly questionable step of making a deal with China that the Communist Party of China reneged on. And only after that deal fell through did it reach out to Pfizer or Moderna or J&J for a vaccine. But as I said, I do appreciate that most Canadians don't seem to mind as long as they got a check. But you know what? That's actually an insult to ignore the 28,000 Canadians who lost their lives and their families and friends who grieved them. As Canada, this is Canada's chief health officer, Theresa Tom. She stated in quotes, what's etched in our collective memory is how we failed our most vulnerable people in our population, not just seniors, racialized population and women and people in congregate crowded housing. The government failed to protect the elderly, which they stated from the outset was the number one goal. And yet the majority of Canadians say the government did a good job handling the pandemic without a plan for the border, securing vaccines, protecting the elderly. My goodness, we really do get the government we deserve. But back to Afghanistan, Canada left families, women, children behind 
to suffer the wrath of the Taliban, despite the numerous promises that we made as a country. What's clear is that the Canadian government and military were caught off guard. Dave Fraser, he's a former troop commander in Afghanistan, described the situation in Kabul as absolutely chaotic. As the National Post reports, uh, Chris Eklund, he's the founder of the Canadian Heroes Foundation. Well, they tried to help 1,500 former support staff escape to Canada, but only about 100 managed to make it. Eklund stated in quotes, the government's simply not interested in this. They never have been. Now, I can go on describing the tragedy of people who supported Canadian forces in Afghanistan and are reneging on promises to help them. But my point is that the government was ill-prepared, unable to carry out its duty. I mean, I could get list other examples, like the failure to provide clean, safe drinking water in numerous First Nations communities, which represents decades of failed promises. I could point to the latest Commonwealth Fund rankings of healthcare systems in 11 rich, developed countries where Canada ranked 10th out of 11, which is consistent with numerous other rankings of things like access to MRIs or the wait times for necessary medical procedures, or the fact that before the pandemic, as many as 50 to 60,000 Canadians a year had to leave the country for treatment. I mean, read any Auditor General's report, and you'll get several more significant examples, which begs the question. Do you really want even more government intervention and control of the economy? Joe Biden puts it as reshaping the government's role in the economy. Prime Minister Trudeau says the government will, in quotes, reimagine capitalism. Well, there's no evidence that remotely suggests that they could do that efficiently or effectively. I mean, at some point, the government's track record has to factor into this. And if it does, the thought the government will be in charge of the economy should scare the heck out of you. In Prime Minister's most telling remark of the campaign, he doesn't even consider or think about monetary policy. I mean, that's interest rates, money supply, currency values. That's why you got, uh, you know, real problems with affordable housing. I mean, the thought that government could do for the overall economy what they've done in Afghanistan, I mean, their preparation and management of the COVID pandemic, their oversight of healthcare. Uh, that despite the continual expenditures of tens of billion dollars more, fails in the words of the Canadian Institute of Health to improve our time, a, a timely access to care. Come on, that should frighten us because it sure does me. As I said, at some point, the government's track record better figure into our thinking. And please be clear, I'm not talking about any particular government. I'm talking about every party. I'm talking about government, problems that have gone by for decades. As H.L. Mencken said, be careful what you wish for, because you just might get it good and hard.